Am I the only one that thought remote flexibility was like working on vacation on a beach or something? <laughs> 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 Welcome to the Thread the Needle podcast. I'm Matt. This is Jacqueline. Hi, guys. Thank you for joining <laughs> us again this week. Um, this is our Women's History Month episode, and we have a room full of guests that you will see. Um, let's just kick it off with a question for Jack. Why did you want to have this group on the podcast today? Um, because they're the best, obviously. Um but no, really. To kick off Women's History Month, I thought it would be fun to have our women's group here. We have entrepreneurs and creatives in this group. And for me, just finding out about this group two and a half years ago, I was like wanting something to share with other women in similar spaces. Um, and I felt like I was trying to find that at the time. And... Thankfully, I met Sarah and Apertina and all of you beautiful ladies. And I felt like it was it came at the right time because I feel like when you're in this space, sometimes it's tough to have conversations with other friends and family. And sometimes they just don't get it. And I felt like this was such a safe space for us with women that just get it because we're all in similar spaces. And another thing that I loved about this group was the diversity of it. And that's huge for me. And it was just an added bonus. And it's been great. I feel like it speaks to what our group is because we've been doing this for two and a half years and we can talk about literally anything, whether it's highs, challenges, and really just support each other and encourage each other in all of our walks of life. Whether we have like a new venture for ourselves or anything that we're working on, I feel like you you guys have been such a huge role um, in my life the last two and a half years, and I felt like I've grown um, just as an entrepreneur. Yeah, love that, um, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the group. Like, where did the name come from? What led you to start this? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think I came up with the name. Did, did you? Angelique? I think I might have. Or Eddie. Who y'all I think you guys are the ones who like Oak Cliff Women's Council and then I feel like the spin on council, the way it's spelt, mm-hmm. is um kind of the the little twist of it. Yeah. Instead of the traditional council yeah. in that way. Yeah. Um I think when I I was at a point where kind of like Jacqueline said, I don't feel like a lot of my friends got it. And I think there's like being a woman and owning your own business and I've we've owned our own businesses my husband and I for um like 15 years now almost and so um I think there was just a point where it was like I need other people who understand where I'm at and I think it's also hard as a woman to like find another group of women that like are just constantly supporting you and like cheering you on. And I think that's super important to have. Um, And I just, yeah, it's like, there's no jealousy. There's no like, there's no weirdness. If like someone does something awesome, like we're all genuinely so excited for the other person. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's really what I wanted was just to have a group of people that I can be real with and we can, we cry together and we laugh a lot. (laughs) And um, we're just always cheering each other on and we're pumped for each other. And I think, uh, that encouragement is really important when you're like doing something on your own where it's like 
am I crazy? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, can I, mm-hmm. there's your husband can only be like your sounding board for so long. Like you need other people that are kind of in your shoes. And so, um, yeah. And so I was just thinking like, who are the people that I know that mm-hmm. are, um, awesome and running their own business and that I would love to hang around. And I had these four girls and then Avertina was like, I have a friend Jacqueline. And I was like, well, I need to meet her. And I'm so glad that we did. And so I feel like it's just been the perfect group of, of girls. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you guys for letting me crash the party. this time. <laughs> uh, we will you. allow it. <laughs> an, an honorary participant. Um, okay. Kristen, the next question is for you. Um, tell me a little bit about your business and then what was like the moment that you felt either called or pulled into entrepreneurship? So I own All Good Things. It's a gift shop in the Bishop Arts District here in Dallas and it's super cute. I've had it for almost seven years, which is absolutely wild to think about. But whenever I think about kind of that moment of when I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, that wasn't my case. And I think for a lot of successful entrepreneurs, it's kind of backwards. It's like maybe you have this passion or this idea or this skill that you just kind of dive into and then you wake up seven years later and it's your career. Mm -hmm. And you're like, how did that happen? But that's pretty cool. But I graduated from college and moved down here to Dallas and did like the corporate thing for a while. I was personal assistant for a family for a couple of years. And um, looking back, just every job that I had really was like a stepping stone and kind of my like walk to my entrepreneurial journey, I guess. Um, But before that, I had worked at a gift shop in high school and then a different one in college. And you know, it was just a high school job and then it was just a college job for some fun money. But looking back, it's just really what I love to do and more so than even go to class. Like I always, I worked on Saturdays, I worked all the time and I, I think that's kind of what taught me more than a lot of my classes mm-hmm. in some ways. And so whenever I was in a position in my corporate career, I was at a crossroads of like, okay, I can either keep going down this path that I'm really not enjoying and it's I, I kind of feel like I'm hitting roadblock after roadblock or I can just try. And I think ignorance was bliss in a lot of ways. I look back at that time and I was so naive. I was 25. I was poor. I had no idea what I was doing which I think worked in my favor in a lot of ways. Cause I think if you know too much, I probably wouldn't have done it at all had I known what the path was going to look like. But yeah, I just kind of decided one day, I think I'm just going to give it a try. And I remember quitting my job and telling my boss, I'm going to open a store. And he's looking at me like I was absolutely nuts and like, okay, do you have a plan? And I was kind of like, no, but we're just going to figure it out. And I'm of the mindset that I'm going to keep going on a path that as long as the path is there and if a roadblock comes my way, then, you know, I'll, I'll change what I'm doing and change course. And over the last seven years, it's just 
kind of been the same path. And, mm. you know, during COVID, I was kind of like, well, if this is my time, it'll be my time and I'll close up shop. And it wasn't. It was like, nope, you're going to keep going. And I was like, OK, we're going to keep this keep this train moving. But yeah, so that's kind of my journey. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's almost the the perfect setup to be mm-hmm. younger and not have the the knowledge the of knowledge. what that, exactly. That path looks like. Yeah, there are a few things I wish I would have known and I would have done a little differently. But um, I think it's the founder of Hinge. He has this quote. I'm gonna pull it up because I don't like to misspeak for him, but. Um, it really was, it's a quote that has just kind of guided me, but it was Justin McLeod, the founder of Hinge. He said, a big part of being a great entrepreneur is being hopelessly idealistic, but ruthlessly practical at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of always been my motto, like have these goals, have these dreams, but also be real about everything too. So, yeah, I love that. Um, Okay, next question is for Adriana. Um, What are some significant challenges you feel like you've faced throughout your career, specifically as a female? Well, thankfully, I I have so I have a hair salon, and it's predominantly women. So I feel like we kind of rule that that whole realm, and Mm. I think maybe like. Looking back at like all the like I, I you sent me this question and I was like okay like what are challenges because I don't, I don't really view challenges as challenges I usually see them as like opportunities to learn and grow and like I don't really like spend a lot of time on them I'm like okay we got to fix this we got to move on but one of the biggest challenges I think for me was like learning how to be a leader mm-hmm. and that was like oh I actually have to lead mm-hmm. people not just like tell them what to do mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. um, I think for me that that has like been the most challenge and it's still an ongoing challenge because you know people are people and they have emotions and you have to like cater to every single person's emotions and so um, I think yeah just learning how to be a leader and having empathy for people and understanding and the business is business it's it's black and white like mm-hmm. You, you have a problem, you fix it, you move on. But like when you have people that you have to nurture and grow and show them the way, like I think that's been the biggest challenge. So I always say like, and I think as a female too, because we tend to be on the softer side, I usually am not. And so I think that was a challenge. Like how do I tap into the more feminine side and have a balance of being the masculine of like owning a business and all that, but then also having the feminine side where I can be empathetic and compassionate towards my team. Yeah. 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 I love that view of challenges not being a setback, but more so like an opportunity to get to another level, like to learn something. And yeah, I think that's super valuable for sure. Um, Afritina. Hey. Um, Tell us about what you do. Uh, And then the question I have for you is, what do you think is your biggest contribution or impact in the community around you? (laughs) (laughs) It's not heavy at all. (laughs) Okay, so I'm a photographer and art director. Um, I've been doing photography for about seven years, and I've been doing freelance photography for about three and a half years. 
actually quit my corporate job during the pandemic. Very bold decision, <laughs> but have a wonderful spouse and a partner in business. And so that was, you know, nice to have somebody who's also living in, and you know, can help support if things got weird. You never know how things are going to go when you go freelance. Um, but yeah, I typically do like fashion photography, creative portraiture. I really enjoy um, thinking outside the box with my type of photography, especially like still life. I love incorporating floral motifs. Like that's kind of my jam. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like what I've contributed, that's such a difficult thing to like look internally and like analyze about myself because I just create kind of like from the heart and then however it's received it's received and then I get feedback and I'm actually very surprised by a lot of the feedback that I get and then I would say that a lot of people um would say that I've contributed a lot of like to the black movement mm -hmm. and it was never intentional but just like expressing um black Americanness in a very regal yet authentic state. And that's been really encouraging because that's my motto for photography across the board. Like no matter what I'm shooting, I want it to feel worthy and um, regal. Um, so yeah, I think that's like a big contribution that I unintentionally have made in the creative space. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's probably the best type of contribution, too, if it was accidental, because then it's coming from a place yeah. of authenticity and, like, truly who you are and what you wanted to share. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. Thank you. Um, Anjali, tell us about what do you do? Um, and then my question for you is how do you define success for yourself? Oh, <laughs> great question. <laughs> I think it really comes into, I'm a very relationship-based person. And so um, I had a really great conversation with a friend named Robert. And it was actually this week. And he said something that just stood out to me. And it was like, you know, we are very intentional about the company we keep. And it just kind of just blew me away in that moment. Um, and somebody that values friendship, family, um, coworkers, um, people in my life makes me feel like I have the support that I need in order to be successful. Um, and honestly, I think within the past couple of years, it always has always felt like the focus has been the de destination, mm -hmm. when in fact it feels like all of it happens within the journey itself. And um, I look around and see the success and all the relationships that I've built um, within the Dallas community, and that's what I've based my success on. Yeah really kind of the legacy component and like the relationships and I think I would co-sign that I think you probably have one of the more curated communities around you that I've ever seen um, just a lot of intentionality and 
yeah, in those relationships. So yeah. I think that's great. Um, okay, Jack, another one for you. Tell us about a a pivotal moment that created uh, an opportunity for growth or learning. Oh, this is easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think it was during the pandemic in 2020. Um, I don't think any of us saw that coming and what that would do for businesses. And if you were self-employed, I'm sure everyone had the thought of like, okay, how are we going to get through this? Do we just operate as regular or do we need to change some things around? And I think we pivoted. We were selling masks at the time and we kept our doors open. And at the end of the day, that year was probably one of our best years. Um, to date because we just took what we had, we took a risk, and then we just went with it without really any plan. But I think that just speaks to how resilient we were at the time and, um, you know, what we were willing to do and risk and just figure it out as we went on. Yeah, so we we manufacture leather goods. We couldn't do that because we couldn't get into our shop being non-essential. And then you had the idea to make masks. Yeah. Uh, the first question people always ask, let me just answer, no, they were not leather masks. <laughs> um, but we had the sewing machines. And so, yeah, you had the idea to pivot. And that allowed us to make the masks, but then also continue making our leather goods, too. So yeah. uh, it was a crazy time. Um, okay, Sarah, I have another one for you. And first, I want to ask you to tell us about what you do, because I started asking that after your first question. So yeah. um, tell me about what you do. And then my question is, how do you stay innovative in your industry? Um, and is there something that you have pioneered in that space that you're particularly proud of? Mm, okay, well, I'm an interior designer. Um, and so we do mostly residential work, some commercial, some retail, um, but mostly residential. And then I think, I mean, this might be a weird answer. I think every project is innovative because you're starting over from scratch from every, everything's new, everything's mm -hmm. different. And so you're starting new with every project. Um, and so that's using new materials, new companies. It's like always being in the know of the, the new tile that people carry or the new furniture or um, I think that is always you're just constantly being you know creating new things um, something I've pioneered I don't know I think hopefully we are pioneering a type of design mm -hmm. a style a vibe uh, that's our goal is to not be like anybody else that's kind of like my goal in life. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Enneagram 4, I'm my own. <laughs> no one is like me. I'm my own person. Um, but I think it, that's also a design is like we don't want to be like anybody else. And so every project we push to do something different and a little bit like funky and it's not for everybody. Um, like one time we had a bathroom get it kind of blew up like on social media and someone wrote hideous on there and we were like I love this <laughs> like so so uh, my colleague Maddie sometimes she'll like put on things like in quotes hideous like because it's a good thing for I'm like I don't want everyone to love this like we want to be innovative with our design and it, it might not be for everybody because it's it's a little bit out there mm -hmm. um yeah it's 
that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. And I mean, that's great for social media too. Yeah. Uh, when people, when haters come comment yeah. on your stuff, it just. <laughs> well, and it's also like I know not everyone's gonna love our design, so don't try to hire me if you don't yeah. like what we do. Yeah, they, right. We want people that like what we do. Yeah, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, okay, Kristen, another one for you. So tell me how your vision for your business has evolved. So from a high school job, college job, you know, working in a gift shop to this, the shop that you have now and seven years into it, how, is, how have things like changed or evolved over time? I think it's funny because I just immediately went back and forth in my head and like part of me knew all along what my vision was, what it was going to look like, clear as day. And it really is super close to that. On the other hand, I don't really know like what even tomorrow looks like. And so it's kind of, it's kind of funny that both of those things can be true, I guess. I think I'm very proud of where the shop is today. If you would see pictures of a of the shop on the first day that we were open. I can barely even look at them. It's good It's good to look at them because it helps me remember where we came from, but it was just very, very different. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of money to start with. And I thought having two notebooks on the table was a lot of product. And because for me, it was at the time. And I think... I'm proud of the way that I went about it. I think it's really easy to spend a lot of money and take out loans. And in some ways, I, I probably should have done that a little bit more. But starting at kind of ground zero helped me grow slowly over time. And then four years later, I actually could afford to hire Sarah and design the new space and really elevate it in that way. And super proud of that and even when it comes to staffing I had one girl that worked for me I think three months in um, and maybe a few days a month but other than that it was just me and now I have one full-time girl and three part-time girls and I'm a new mom I had a baby four months ago and so being able to take a maternity leave in quotes because Really, it doesn't really exist for entrepreneurs, but not being in the shop is something that was on my list of goals since the beginning. Um, as I said, I worked at a store in high school. She was a mom, and that was a really big goal of mine. I've always wanted to be a mom, and I thought, you know, she does it well. She's a mom. She's so cool. She has her own business. What a what a great career for a mom because I think that's a really hard thing to find mm -hmm. and I wish that past me could see myself right now and I, would, I think I would be really excited that I'm where I'm at and I'm a mom absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's awesome definitely something to be proud of yeah, mm -hmm. yeah absolutely thanks. all right um Adriana I have another question for you um especially being in an environment that's all women, um, how do you view collaboration in what could potentially be a competitive space? Um, well, I'm not 
it's funny. I think I'm not a competitive person, but I, I am to a certain extent. I do believe there's room for everyone. I mean, my best friend also owns a salon and we like are constantly like asking each other for advice. And so, I mean, there are, I mean, probably millions of people in Dallas. So for me, like, I don't want to color everyone's hair. I don't, I can't mm -hmm. service all those people. Like, even if I worked every single day, 24 seven, I still could not service all those people. So for me, I feel like there's room for everyone. And so I don't really see other salons as a competition. I see it as a way of like, like supporting each other, like how, and especially now, like I started doing consulting for salons also. So I'm like, ooh, I can help them like grow their business and I can help like them curate the clients that they want. And, and also cause like not every client fits my salon model. Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of see it more as, I, I don't know that we would col collaborate necessarily because I think other people don't necessarily have that mindset that I do, that it's not a competition. And I try to like always go and like introduce myself to other salons. I remember um, at my old location, a salon opened like literally across the street. Like I can just walk across the street, it was right there. And my staff was freaking out and they were like, there's a salon across the street. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I grabbed my apprentice and I was like, come on, we're going over there. And she was like, no. And I was like, yes, we are going over there. And so I went over there and I was like, hey, like I introduced myself and I'm like, congrats. Because to me, it's like I know how hard it is to open a salon. Yeah. You have to do plumbing, electrical, HVAC, all this stuff. Like it's very expensive and it's very hard. So anybody that can do it. Like, I want to congratulate them. Like, I want to, mm -hmm. like, awesome. let's celebrate that because it's very hard. Mm -hmm. Even just get through freaking permitting. <laughs> like, and so I went over there and I was like, hey, like, congratulations. And I was like, oh, yeah, I own the salon across the street. And they're like, there's a salon across the street. And so to me, I was like, I, I, I love that because they're also not looking at other people, like mm -hmm. what other people are doing. And I think if you, like, are focused on what you're doing and not paying attention to what everyone else is doing, then your brand's always gonna stand out. And then, but also like building community too, I have a, like another company where that's all we do is wanna build the salon community. So we're constantly in contact with salons all over Dallas. And I think people like freak out about that because like the old school model of salons were not like that. Everybody was competitive, everybody was like ruthless and I'm just not like that. And we're trying to change that model of like, no, like let's all work together so that we can all have like really good salons and happy clients and do, you know, some cool hair, some fun hair. So yeah, for me, like I, I'm competitive in a different way. Like if you challenge me to like, you know, I have to walk every day. Yes, I'm going to be competitive. I'm going to wait till you go to sleep and then I'm going to walk more. <laughs> but when it comes to like business and stuff like that, I like I I genuinely want everyone to win. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, that's great. I'm a super competitive person so I can I can yeah. relate for sure. Um okay, Afritina. Um, who is someone that has been like a pivotal figure or mentor for you like in your journey? Oh, man. I was hoping you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> That's like... Who's your favorite person? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Um, <laughs> I will say that is one of my regrets in business 
and like starting an entrepreneurship is that I've never had just like a set mentor. I feel like people wax poetically about like this one figure who just like poured into them like so intentionally. And I don't think I had that. I had a lot of different personalities and professionals who have like sewn into me in like different ways. Um, also peers. So I wouldn't say it was just like had one specific person that was like a pivotal role. It's like a collection of wonderful folks mm-hmm. who have like rallied behind me in my vision um, and have like spurred me forward. Like, and I'm also just like a big, like you have to be a student of your craft always. Like you can never like get ahead of yourself no matter like how advanced you get in your business. Like you have to be humble enough to like do grunt work and to learn and to like mm-hmm. revisit your skills. And so, yeah, I don't have an exact mentor, but like this group, like y'all spur me forward. Like I come to y'all with all the things. I'm like, am I crazy? Like, did I price this correct? Like, and y'all are like, hell no, they are out of line. Like that's encouraging. And that's like a, a moment that mentored to my business um, in such a wonderful way. Like mm-hmm. it's also peers in the industry they might have passion projects and I'm like, Hey, like, let me come in and like be an assistant for the day. Like mm-hmm. not charging, just trying to help you bring your vision to life. And in those moments, like I'm assisting them, but I'm also like learning so much cause I get to witness how they work, their workflow, how they shoot, you know, how they navigate a set. Um, and so it's something that I'm also like getting back from that experience, but I also get to see like my community grow and like, that's also nice so yeah it's just like a lot of small moments yeah that's great um okay one last question it's for angeli how do you adapt to rapid change while keeping your core values intact very timely question um i think it's the intentionality of slowing down for yourself um creating that space and creating that time because time doesn't slow down um, and so it's reminding myself, how do I stay grounded? Um, what does that look like? Does that look like a coffee date with somebody that I trust in conversation? Does that look like simply um, going outside and feeling grounded, taking a walk? Um, I think it's, it's just taking just a moment to breathe. Mm-hmm. I just think that um, going back to the person that I am um, and I I think personally deal with overanalyzing and self-doubt a lot. And even going back to my previous question about having those per- people that I trust within my community to have those conversations, um, help quiet my own mind and build confidence within myself. Um, And they allow for space for me in that way. Um, And it's a continuous growth point for me is confidence. And so, you know, I know that when somebody reaches out to me um, in that capacity, I know that it helps build my own confidence um, and to grow within making decisions, having conversations, listening to that internal thought process um, in that way. 
That's great. I think there's a lot of wisdom in the intentionality, like taking the time to slow down and catch your breath. That's like even the, you know, the Chinese proverb, measure twice, cut once, yes. slowing down to make sure you don't make mistakes. And even um, a little more modern proverb from Michael Jordan's book. <laughs> um, um, he would find intentional moments in the game to preserve his energy. And so like late in the game when he knew like his core contribution was going to be on defense, if the other team was shooting free throws, he wouldn't even go to the other end of the court to get the rebound because he knew it was more important for him to wait and save his energy to play defense. And so I think taking that intentionality to, to slow down and pause and collect yourself and gather yourself is super smart. So I like that a lot. Um, okay, so this will be fun. It'll be less heavy. We're going <laughs> to close with a rapid-fire round. So yeah. try your hardest to not think about it. Just answer, like, first response, and we'll just go around the table. Um, first one is an easy one. Coffee or tea? Coffee. What? Coffee. 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 Uh, <laughs> you are all correct. Um, Okay, second one, book or movie? Book. 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 Movie. 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 <laughs> okay, okay. 50-50, yep. I'll hold my answer so we can stay split. divided. Um, okay, risk versus stability. Ooh. I'm going to go with risk. 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 I want to say risk. And I think I struggle with that. Like, I did take a big risk. So, yeah, I probably should say risk, but I really do love stability at the same time. I think in this phase of my life, I'm going to go with stability. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, we're in the middle of a transition. Yeah, yeah. stability. Um, my answer feels very similar. Um, I like to create stability in order to take a calculated risk. So I don't know if that... It feels like a cop-out answer, but... <laughs> it is, um, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to say stability. <laughs> Mine's complicated. I feel like you've <laughs> encouraged me to take more risks, and I feel like the right answer is risk, considering we work together and we have our own business, but I do like stability in my life. So I guess it's kind of both. I think my journey has t like allowed me to take more risks. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, the last one is, do you prefer an in-office environment or remote flexibility? Remote flexibility. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean... For what I do, I, I kind of have to be there. I, I wish I could do your hair from home, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I I'm, I guess a hybrid because I can yeah. do both for what I do now. Yeah. Yeah. I like being in the office. I like the energy. Yeah, I love being in the shop. Mm. I think I like being remote, having that hybrid mm. model. I like both. I don't know if I can do that, but <laughs> <laughs> I like the flexibility of working remote, but I think if we have to talk about a project or a campaign, I like being in the office together. Cool. 
Am I the only one that thought remote flexibility was like working on vacation on a beach or something? Whoops. Immediately where my brain went, I was like, oh, y'all mean the office. In okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, that's the third option. And I think we'll all take that one. Um, cool. Well, that wraps up our questions. Um, thank you all so much for joining us for an episode. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for letting me be an honorary member of the Oak Cliff Women's Council for today. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for joining the Thread the Needle podcast, and hopefully we can do this again soon. Yes. Cool. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you.